For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Lay. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the always pressing PGA DFS podcast. Um, where you can uh, we're previewing the worldwide technology at Mayakoba tournament. I had to think about it twice because they have a new sponsor. It's a freaking mouthful. To, to it's the Mayakoba. That's what it is. It is the Mayakoba. Uh, you can check out the podcast on Twitter at Always Press DFS. I am at Pediatric, and my co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. Just another Monday, another Monday in the life. Um, hopefully, no, you know, deliveries and doorbells and dogs and all that fun stuff. So we'll be good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, fun times, fun times. Did you get to catch any of the Bermuda at all? I mean, I didn't watch it. It was on a really weird times, and yeah, they were having delays and weird shit going on over there. But um, yeah, I mean that what weather the first couple of days was wild, and there was a massive you know advantage for those who teed who, who teed off. I think late early it was PMA, yeah, yeah. Yep, PMA, which is which is odd. That's it's typically the other way around. But um, yeah, I mean, I. I wasn't. Uh, I got four or six throughout. I had I had a decent lineup. I had Pendrith, of course, and yeah. man, he was fucking blacked out on Friday. Um, and then I was talking to a buddy on uh, on Saturday night, and he was telling me because I, I hadn't been paying really attention. I've been busy all day Saturday, and he's like, "Pendrith gonna gonna pull this out?" And I was like, I looked at the leaderboard, and I was like, "Yeah, I doubt it." And he shoots, you know, seventy six on Sunday, and there you go. Yeah, it was weird because like as of like late Tuesday into Wednesday, they're looking at the weather. I even looked at the weather that people were, were showing. It was like, okay, if there's a wave advantage, it's going to be AM PM. That's what it looks like. No, it was literally a four stroke advantage PMA. I'm like, that's a massive yeah. difference yeah. when you're breaking things down. Yeah. And it was very fitting. Mike, my one six of six was all PM. It wasn't on purpose. PMA just happened to be, but like my better lineups were like four or six lineups, five or six lineups because I had the big dogs like Pendrist and Herbert and, and stuff like that. So it was it was a very weird week. Very yeah, weird man. week. Your boy P. Reed up there. Your boy P. Reed. P. Raj. P. Raj. We're going back to P. Raj this week too. So watch out. But uh, yeah, it was it was a weird week. I didn't have any P. Reed by the way. I just I, I said it on the show. I'm going to go full fade. I went full fade, and yeah, that worked out well. Right. But um, that happens. Them the breaks, as they say. But it was interesting. I watched a little bit of coverage here, and there's kind of a background noise, and it was weird. Like I already knew the results, but I was like, "Ah, it's on TV. I'll throw it on." It was in between. It was a Saturday night. It was in between like the four to five o'clock window, or for you, the seven to eight o'clock window of games changing. So I had like a fifteen minute thing. And I'm like, "Well, put on Golf Channel," and they were showing that Sunday was gonna be super windy. And they were showing the leaderboard, and they they all said, "I think Lucas Herbert's gonna win this or a bear because of his Euro experience and all this all this stuff because of the wind and." Sure enough. So. Other thing is, he's won before. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, P. Reed has Patrick Reed has two, but he was way back. He had shoot you know sixty five on Sunday to get into the top for second. Scott Stalling shot nine under, um, and then you know guys like Danny Lee, you know he he can play really well the first three days and, and always you know kind of fades away. Rogers is similar, 
And then Pendrith, you know, I mean, he's just brand new to the scene of, as far as playing golf at this level. Um, so yeah, uh, there was some interesting quotes though about that, uh, about the Thursday round. I don't know if you saw too awful much of that. PJ tour actually had like a, a thread of the different quotes from the guys talking about the yeah. win from Thursday. I'll have to check that out. I only saw like one that someone said, I bet you like a scratch golfer would have played and shot like a 90 something. And I think it was, um, Neesmith or one of the guys that shot even, um, he responded to it and said, I think I'm a pretty good golfer and I barely shot even today. So I don't even want to hear about it. Like, it was just like, it was, it was bad. It was rough. Yeah. I mean, Russell Knox was talking about some of those, some of the worst wind he's ever played in. Um, and then the rest of them too. I mean, they were just, it was, it was bad. So yeah, I mean, it's like tough. It's part of it, and then you mix that in with the fact that the the field was fucking crazy, and I'm ready to move on to the Mayakoba, man. Yeah, it was else. horrible. It kept – I think we finished at like 126 golfers, but we got 132 this week in Mayakoba and uh, at El Camillon in Mexico. But uh, it's a loaded field, the best uh, field it's ever had. It's got uh, seven of the top 20 golfers in the world at this event. So what do you got for some uh, past event history for us? Yeah, last year, uh, Victor Hovland was the winner, 20 under, one shot over Aaron Wise. 2019, Brendan Todd, 20 under, one shot over Long, uh, Carlos Ortiz, and Vaughn Taylor. Uh, 2018 was the Matt Kuchar, um, don't tip your caddy year. Oh, he shoots yeah. 22 under, <laughs> one shot over Danny Lee. Uh, Patton Kazire was the 2017 champion, 19 under, one shot over Ricky. Pat Perez has won in the past. Charlie Hoffman, Graham McDowell, Harris English has won this. John Huh, Johnson Wagner. It's about it. One thing you'll notice about a lot of those names is you do not have to be a bomber at this golf course. It's a par seventy-one in the middle of the jungle, too, right? Oh yeah, it's a wild course. It's yeah. a wild. There's uh, the seventh hole. There's like a, a ditch, like a cavern, a big hole in the middle of the fairway that you have to play around. It's a it's a wild golf course. Par seventy-one, like around seventy-one hundred, a little less than seventy-one, give or take. However, they set the tee boxes up, but it's like they say it's like three golf courses in one. It's like part of the time you're in the jungle, part of the time you're on the ocean, part of the time you're in this just open kind of cool area. It's just it's a weird landscape, but it's a kind of it's a resort course, El Camillon, as I mentioned, uh, built by Greg Norman. And um, it's a very it's a resort course. So scoring, like, like Jesse said, you know, you get around 20 under, give or take for the winners. It's past, it's past Palm Greens. The fairways are, are decent size. There's really no rough. The thing is, though, is you need to be in the fairway because otherwise you're in the jungle or you're in a creek or something because there's water that plays on almost every hole. There's a legit like creek or it's probably called something else down there, but a creek that goes through about two thirds of the golf course. Just like just kind of winds through it throughout the deal. So there's water all over the place. There's bunkers surrounding the greens. Uh, greens are super slow, like they're very gettable, but uh, and then the greens are decent size. So greens and regs shouldn't be an issue. If you're sitting in the fairway, thus the good scoring situations. But getting in the fairway is big. A lot of guys will go less than driver because you're forced to lay up because maybe a hole in the middle of the seventh fairway or something like that that you have to stay out of, or you just um, want to set yourself up for a better approach into the greens. But uh, it's gettable. It's I'd say approach game is big. You have a lot of par fours from 400 to 450. That's your biggest range there. You got three par fives on this course, um, all gettable. You need to score just like last week we talked about. You got to score on the par fives to be successful here. Then there's four par threes, none of them over 200 yards. The longest is 200 yards. So they're not uh, super tricky par threes either. It's a very, very reasonable course if you're hitting it well. And that's why you've seen some of the uh, the names Jesse mentioned are 
good golfers, but guys you don't usually picture as like bombing it all over the place and doing this or that. They're smart, uh, good approach players and get hot with the putter. The flat stick's going to be big this week. So uh, what kind of stats are you looking at this week, Jesse? Yeah, a lot of uh, strokes gained, uh, luck box putting, um, you know, greens and regulation. You do want to keep it on the uh, golf course, so a little bit of accuracy, but birdie or better, of course. And there's a lot of course history, so I'll wait that quite a bit as well. Tons and tons of course history, so that's going to be a fun one as well. Also, check out FanshareSports.com. They don't have any of the info updated just yet for the Mayakoba, but use promo code always press to get 20% off over there. So we will just get cracking at it, and it's going to be a fun one, like I said. Um, and if you are playing um, like Showdown or something, or you're looking for birdie streaks, I should have mentioned uh, if you go on Fantasy National, they break down like the birdie rates and everything over the past few years. And um, six, seven, and eight are massive birdie holes in a row. So that could be like your birdie streak situation. Four and five aren't bad either. It's like four through eight in theory. If your guy rolls hot through there, things will be looking pretty good for you. So something to keep in mind if you're building all that good stuff as well. All right, let's get cracking. DK, and we like I said, it's a big field. Seven of the top 20 are here. We have seven guys in the 10K range. It's a massive, massive amount compared to normal. But JT leads the way at 11-2. Victor Hovland, the defending champion at 10-9. Abe Answer at 10-7. Finau at 10-6. Tyrell Hatton at 10-3. Horschel at 10-1, Brooks at 10,000. First, before I give you the floor, most of JT's career wins have all come between October and January, something to keep in mind. And secondly, um, you mentioned there's a ton of course history. So, like Billy Ho in this thing is ridiculous course history-wise. But um, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, start up top with, with Justin Thomas. Uh, 12th last year. He did play here in 2014 as well and finished 23rd. Uh, coming off an 18th place finish at the CJ Cup. Had a decent uh, end to his uh, um, last season. Whenever the fuck that ended, uh, just a couple months ago, I guess, at this point. But either way, I think he's playing okay. Um, and, and with the course history at 11 2, I, I don't mind him. Um, Hovland, obviously, the defending champion. Uh, he's not missed a cut since the Players' Championship. He did WD from the U.S. Open, but that's not really a, a cut missed. Um, he probably could have made the cut had he not uh, got sand in his eye. Um, and he was he was on the reason that that happened was because he was on my big money team for the U.S. Open. Just in case anybody was wondering, so it's not his own fault there. So playing really well, uh, I like him as well. I'm not. I mean, like I don't have anybody else checked up top here. Um, you know, again, like I said, every week, man, especially in this field, all these guys could win. I guess, you know, like you said, Billy Horschel, fifth and eighth in his last two appearances um, at this golf tournament, coming off a win in the BMW PGA Championship a couple months ago. I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't not mention him at 10-1. Yeah, he's – Who you got? He's coming in good form. He doesn't rate out well for me, which is surprising. But then again, Euro stats, I don't believe, are on Fantasy National. So. Right. That affects that a bit too, but uh, there's only two guys that I'm really like JT. You can always make a case for, as you said. I, I, if he get, if he runs hot, he runs hot. But Vic Hovland, he's fifth in my model. He he's does approach game and off the tee game are elite, so he he definitely be a good one. But the one I want, I'm afraid he's gonna be chalky, but I'm still kind of intrigued. Is Abe Answer at ten seven? Um, you know, local like he's one of the, the him and Carlos Ortiz, the two main uh, Mexican golfers that are going to kind of get the the the, they, the local appeal to the fans there, but also at this event, T12, T8, T21, T9 in the last four years. It's pretty good. He's played pretty dang good at this tournament. Plus, he ranks second in my model 
He's ninth in fairways gained over the last 24 rounds, eighth on the par fours we're looking for here. DK points, ops gained. He checks a lot of the boxes. So it's going to be hard for me to ignore Abraham answer um, in this event. And even like not just um, past event history per se, but if we're looking at just, um, you know, T14 of the CJ Cup, missed the cut at the Striner, but shot well in a pretty loaded field of the CJ also. So that's, that's something I like to see with answer. So he'd be my favorite guy up here. Other than that, I'm like, I'm not in love with this area. Like, like he kind of said the same thing. I think Billy Hill's interesting, but he rates out poorly. So I'll have to kind of like make that decision on my own. The only guy I'm, I'm interested in pot- potentially would be like a Terrell Hatton because no one will roster him. No one at all. But I think I can get similar players at a, a lower price point. So it's pretty much a answer. That's what I'm looking at up here. Uh, 9K range. You got Scotty Scheffler, Aaron Wise, Patty Reed, Shane Lowry, Matt Wolf, Zalatoris, Gooch. What do you like in this range? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, lot to like in this range. I start with Patrick Reed. I mean, obviously the second place finish. Um, he had some health issues or whatever the hell happened to him uh, earlier in this season, toward the end of last season. Um, just weird shit going on with him. But that, you know, second place finish there. Um, sitting right below Aaron Wise, which, you know, I mean, I don't really want to pay $9,600 for Aaron Wise. I know he's playing well, two straight top tens, you know, coming off the the second place finish here last year, but I'm just not feeling it. I'd rather go to Reed or Lowry. Lowry's never played here. Uh, we talked about him the last few times he's played or maybe the last 10 times he's played. Um, especially if it's windy, Lowry will be just fine. Wolf at 92 is interesting. Never played here as well. Come off the second place finish at the Shriners. Uh, has been playing better of late. Zalatoris at 91, finished 52nd here last year. You know, he was playing better before his miscut to Shriners and then finished four, 54th at the Zozo, which is a no-cut event. Uh, and last but not least, man, Taylor Gooch at 9,000. Played here twice, 55th, 41st, GPP only for me, but fifth place at the CJ Cup, 11th Shriners, fourth Fort, Fortnite. I mean, dude's playing really well right now at $9,000. Yeah, uh, this is an interesting field because unlike last week where we said if you like past event history or, or, or not, I mean, current form, don't look at the current form. This year, for this tournament, we have a ton of great guys coming in a good form. So it makes it a little more appealing. And I'm going to start with Aaron Wise. He's fourth in my model. He's a uh, fifth DK points, ninth op gains, and second birdie or better in the last 24 rounds. Plus, he's, he rates out well on the par fives and par fours in this field. And to make it better for tournaments, He's coming in in great form, T5, T8, T26, his last three events. And then in this event, it's all or nothing with Aaron Wise. Second last year, missed cut. T10, missed cut. T55 is, is early in Wise. But two of the last three years, T10 or better, which is very, very intriguing with a guy like Aaron Wise who's coming in in much better form of late in this fall swing. So I'll have some Aaron Wise for sure. I don't mind the Lowry call as we seem to be on him a lot. Uh, my model, I, I went a little stronger on fairways gaining because I want to be in the fairway. So that hurts matthew wolf a lot because he's 118th in this field but outside of that he's great as you mean he's coming in really good form he's even played well on this event which makes it interesting to me like maybe i shouldn't rate actually he's never played in this event which is weird i thought he had but uh, it was the current form he's doing well in but i don't know i don't know if i can if i can go because when he gets haywire he gets haywire in a big way but he's coming in really good form i don't mind willie z and then taylor gooch i do like quite a bit you mentioned his his current form is outstanding, and he's played decent at this video, uh, two of two cuts of late as well. So Gooch is a guy that uh, I don't mind coming into this event, um, 14th in par five scoring, which should be 
very big if we're uh, really focused on those guys as well. So he could be one that hopefully kind of gets overlooked because in recent weeks he's been pretty popular, but this strength of field might kind of lower him down a bit in that 9K range, which might make him a little more appealing. 8K range. We got Tringali at 89, Fitzpatrick 88, Sergio. <laughs> Fitzpatrick was like 11,000 last week. Uh, yeah. Sergio 87, Ricky 86, McNeely 85, Noren 84, Bradley 83, Henley 82, Mito Pereira 81, and Bezenhut 8K. A lot of expensive guys got some pay cuts this week, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really only kind of focusing on two guys here. One's Tringali at 8,900. Uh, he's made the last three cuts at this event that he's played. He played in 19, 17, 16. Um, missed three cuts in a row before that. Hasn't had a finish better than 25th, but is probably playing the best golf of his life, come off the second at the Zozo Championship. Um, hasn't missed a cut since the Travelers way back at uh, at the end of June. And then Mito at uh, 8,100. Um, he's never played here, uh, but has made four straight cuts on tour. Um, and then also, too, all of those are top 40s. So uh, Mito and, and him are the two guys that I'm focusing on. I mean, I think that there's obviously – you can play a lot of these guys in between, but those are the two that that I'm on. Yeah, it's a range I like a lot. Like I love Tringali's thirty third in my model and playing phenomenal golf. Plus the the passman history is very strong. I like Fitzpatrick. I'm I'm gonna go back to to Fitz in this one. You know, thirtieth last week is his first time we were here in a while. He's, he won some in Euro and everything, so that was that was strong as well. And it's his first time playing here, but coming in, um, he's eleventh uh, in my model. He's third in par five scoring in this field. And he's he's one of the bet, more accurate drivers of the golf ball in this field as well. So I'll, I'll take some uh, fits in this one. Okay, I always play him, and when I play him, he stinks. When I don't, he plays really well. But Ricky Fowler's might be playing good golf, Jesse. He might be. Like I should probably stay away. I really should. But you know, he missed the cut here last year. But then probably like T sixteen in a second, and last year he was playing his bad golf. So if we believe he's getting back to form, that's good. He's made back-to-back cuts, T44 at the Zozo, T3 at the CJ Cup. I'm not going to have a ton, but I know I'll have some of my 20 max. Well, I, I mean, it, it, my, my only thing with him is, is is I would I would normally be like, yeah, he's trying, he's figuring something out. But the the problem that I see is the price. Um, you know, I mean, he's he was at the Zozo, or CJ, he was 6,400. True. And True. so he paid off very nicely, you know, finishing third there, but it's just one of those things, man. Like, do I want to pay 8,600 for Sergio? I mean, 8,700 for Sergio or, you know, save, save a little bit. And I mean, play somebody like Keegan. I mean, for me, Ricky, I just, I'm still on a wait and see type of thing. Plus I'm, I'm an, I'm never a Ricky guy. So I'm really the wrong person to ask because I'm biased, but (laughs) it's, it's, it's a smart move more often than not. I mean, at late, you know, I mean, there was a, there was a year there where he finished top five and every damn major. So true. Through. So we'll see. Maybe I'll just sit it out again until I really believe in him. But he's starting to get better in the model. Let's put it that way after his recent performances. Uh, I like yeah. McNeely. He's 47th in my model. And, um, you know, T12, T26 this event in the last two years. That's some good uh, course history that I do not mind at all in this one. I think Keegan is interesting, as you mentioned. But Russell Henley, when you talk about guys with the good in the fairways, good approach game, he's phenomenal in that regard. He's eighty-two hundred bucks. I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, his his recent form, our current, our past event history, back-to-back missed cuts is not ideal. So if you're following that, then you probably don't like him. But his overall form right now looks very good. And then you mentioned Mito Pereira, who's number one in my model. So yes, I like Mito Pereira quite a bit, as I think he's just crushing it, uh, striking the golf ball, making cuts, and potentially contending. So I'm with you on Mito as well. 
75 to 79, we got Rose, Neiman, Power, Hoffman, Woodland, Ortiz, Poulter, Grio, Herbert, the, the past champion of the Bermuda. But there's a couple of real chalky names in here, Jesse. Yeah. Um, you know, Neiman might be one of those at 78, 23rd here last year, miscut 60th, and two appearances before that. Hasn't missed a cut himself since the Memorial back at the beginning of June. Um, not great finishes in there, but, you know, obviously at 7,800, it's it, making the cut and finishing 25th is not terrible. Uh, Charlie Hoffman at 7,700. I'm talking about some weird ass course history. 46th last year, had one, two, three, four, five straight miscuts after a win. So he won this event in 2014, missed five straight cuts, and then, uh, you know, finished 46th last year. Been playing decent of late. Um, I like him as a little bit of a pivot off of Neiman there. And then Woodland at 76. You talk about a guy that, you know, is basically kind of Ricky-esque at this point. Um, he's coming off the, the ninth place finish of the CJ Cup. Missed the cut at the Sanderson's Farms, but has played okay here in the past. Did miss the cut last year. Has not played well in the last, really, two years, really since his U.S. Open win. Uh, missed the cut 41st, 34th, 2nd, and 28th. Uh, all time here at this uh, at this course. Grio um, at seventy five hundred, eighth, forty second, fifteenth, ninth, tenth, going all the way back to sixteen, um, two thousand sixteen at this event. Uh, you know he played the Zozo, didn't play very well. CJ Cup not very well, but for some reason he just loves this place. Um, so at seventy five hundred bucks, I'll be on him. Yeah, Grio's name I have seen everywhere, so that's going to be a fun one. Neiman is he going? Is, is he the chalk you were talking about? Him and Neiman, yes. Gotcha. Like, because Neiman's just cheap for his name value. I, right. I, if you look at the stats, he has, like, he's making cuts, but like you said the finishes aren't great. So the stats don't look phenomenal. Like, you can tell he's struggling to be consistent right now. But when it comes to Grio, his past event history here has been insanely good. Yeah. And he's swinging a good stick right now. And you're talking about a guy that gets it off the tee well, gives himself chances to score. He's fifth in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds. Like, he's getting the job done. He's 38th in my model. Like, he will be in a lot of my lineups, but. He's gonna be very popular. He's I've seen people throwing money on uh oh, like winter tickets on him already. So it, it's gonna be an interesting week for Grio. Uh going back up a little bit, I like Seamus Power, he's third in my model, tenth in DK scoring, fifteenth in birdie or better, third in par four from four to four fifty, and eighth in par five scoring over the last twenty-four rounds. Uh coming off that twenty-first last week at the Bermuda or twelfth last week at the Bermuda, twenty-first at the Sanderson. So I'll be going back to um Seamus Power again this week. Uh, Woodland's interesting. I, I get you there. I think Ian Poulter as well, 16th my model. Uh, he's a birdie maker on short courses like this and can uh, just keep it in the fairway. And he doesn't have to keep up with the bombers. So I think a guy like Poulter can be a guy that could go low, especially if the conditions are right, especially if it's windy. He, he can continue as well. I like Grio. Uh, and then I'd have no problem going back to, to – is it, is it Herbert or A Bear? I guess right, you know, I, I think it's pick your poison. You know, we're in America. That's Herbert. But yeah. I'm sure in Europe it's probably that's A-Bear. not it's probably like a twinge to, to a sound to it but uh lucas herbert he's 51st in my model but six in dk scoring first in par five scoring in this uh that's what got me on him last week because he's still for his first last week first in this week 13th and birdie or betters uh he just struggles hitting the fairways but if he can figure it out this week keep, keep that uh, good form from last week and he finished well over in uh, he's playing well in europe before he came over here so maybe those numbers would be a little bit different if we could incorporate that as well so I think going back to him a week after the win at 7,500 is not, is not bad at all. We're not paying a, a bunch of money for him. Just getting to make the cut, maybe run hot, and, and you never know what could happen there. So I, I like this uh, upper 7K range a little bit. 7K to 7,400, some interesting names here as well. Jesse, who are you looking at? 
Yeah, Vegas at 74. Um, he's, he's got some pretty good course history, especially for somebody down this low. 20th miscut, 38th, 61st, 61st, 10th miscut, 56th. Um, been playing decent of late, uh, so I, I don't mind him. Um, Patrick Rogers? Yeah, it's Patrick Rogers. We guess he's there played we go. good form and played well here. So, yes, it's happening. Well, I don't really need to talk about him because you'll hit on him, I'm sure. Uh, Russell Knox at 73. Dude has not missed a cut here since 2013. Um, he's got some you know, top fives, top tens sprinkled in there, and it's coming off a, a decent showing last week of the Bermuda Championship where he finished 12th. Pendrith, 7,200. I'll talk about him every week. Um, you know, I, I I didn't expect him to win, especially when he was like I, it's so much easier on the PJ Tour and golf in general to come from behind, yeah, and win. Post a number, sit in the clubhouse, chill out, let somebody else shit the bed. Um, I didn't really expect anything different from. I mean, it's just it's so fucking hard. I, did you see the uh, the Jim Jim Noose interviews like K N O U S? Did you see his? No, interview? I didn't. I did not. But I know he's a corn fairy guy. I believe last year he was, and he you know. um, made the cut. Like he, I think he finished like eagle birdie to make the cut in the number or something like that, or eagle par. I don't know. He made the cut around the number. He had to make a long putt at the end, and he was crying afterwards because like it's just such a fucking grind, mm-hmm. and it's so true. And it's like you know you forget about that like. Um, how good these guys are, in com- especially in comparison to us normal folk. Uh, but how difficult it is just to stay on the PGA Tour and like consistently make cuts. It's crazy. Luke List at seventy one hundred bucks. You know it, his course history is terrible. Miscut, 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 miscut. Seventh, miscut. Um, my model likes him. He played well at the, at the Zozo Championship. And then last but not least for me in this range, Adam Long. Back-to-back third-place finishes at this event the last two years. Now, I went back and I looked, and he was playing a lot better coming into those events than he is this event. Um, 25th miscut, 29th, three straight miscuts, 25th miscut, 23rd miscut, miscut. I mean, just like very sketch golf of late from Adam Long, so... But at seven thousand bucks, you know, if I'm playing 150 lineups, I'm going to get him on some. Yeah, no, this is a interesting field. Look, uh, the section of the field. Looking at my uh, my model because I have a ton of guys that are ranked like 31st or better. So when I'm doing 20 max, they will be in my lineup scattered throughout the whole thing. Yeah, so I have a lot of pieces of this range, which will be very very interesting for my builds. But the first one is Johnny Vegas. He's 13th in my model, seventh in birdie or better, 15th in opportunities gained, 13th in par five scoring. You mentioned the past event history here, and he's even coming in in pretty good form. So no problem with Johnny. He's, he seems to play well, A, on resort courses, and B, anywhere there's like like an island or like C-type situation, he plays well at those events. Like the Puerto Rico's, the, the um, um, I can't even think of it. I'm just blanking. Now with the other ones that are down there, he plays very well. So I, I like Johnny Vegas. It is P-Rodge week, 20th in my model. He's uh, fourth in DK scoring, 10th in Breer better, ninth in par five scoring. If you want to have some more fun with some Patrick Rogers numbers here, T17, T58, miscut T14 in his last four years here, which uh, is not too shabby at 7,400. And he gets better. He finished fourth last week, miscut at the Sanderson, T6 at the Fortnite. So if he's contending, he's contending. Or he makes the cut, he's contending. So I'll go back to P. Raj. Uh, HV3, I always get wrong, but he's 25th in my model. So I'll, I'll look at him a little more this week. I like Russell Knox, as you mentioned. He checks the boxes. Pendrith as well. He's, 
He's a, a machine fifth and par five scoring. He's first off the tee, first in DK scoring over the last 24 rounds. So pretty good stuff there. It's a good thing you've known him since like second grade. So that's that's awesome. Uh, Streelman is intriguing to me because when we think shorter courses, um, accuracy off the tee, Streelman pops up in those events. He's also popped up in big events like the U.S. Open. I don't know where to, but that's more because he stays out of trouble. And uh, Streelman can be quite interesting at 7200 bucks, and he kind of usually goes a little under the radar, one would say. So he'll be one that I'll keep an eye on. And then a few others in the 7K range. Henrik Norlander, your sixth in my model. He is like top 30-ish in almost all the categories I'm looking at this week. So that's going to be very big in uh, par 4 scoring, par 5 scoring, birdie or better, so on and so forth. So I like him a lot at 7K. Scott Stallings coming in great form, 10th in my model. Third in DK scoring, first in par 4, fourth in par 5s. Uh, you mentioned that nine under on Sunday to get him into the top 5. And he's played, uh, I believe, pretty well at this event when I was looking earlier. Uh, where does Scott Stallings go at $7,000? Uh, he only played here like T48 in 2020. He missed a cut in 17. But um, coming in good form, Joel Dahman is a perfect Joel Dahman type course. I like him a lot at 7K. And then Brendan Steele is also a guy on a shorter course that becomes quite interesting. And you can get some of these guys at lower ownership. So I like this low 7K range to uh, to make some noise. 6K, Jesse, who you got? Yeah, there's actually some guys down here. Um, Danny Lee, obviously, pretty decent showing. I mean, Danny Lee's so fucking weird though when it comes to like just consistency. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's second place last week. Miscut WD. Miscut. Miscut nineteenth. Miscut fortieth. Miscut twenty. Let me give you. Miscut, let me give you a WD, quick miscut. Let me give you a quick one on Danny Lee. So he was one of the first golfers in a long, long time. He had a birdie streak in all four rounds last week. And yeah, which is un, like unheard of. And so that's DK scoring big time. He scored 124 and, and a half points. And secondly, it was his last event on a medical exemption to keep him in it. And he did that. So it helped him big time. I think he's a fucking psychopath, man. I mean, cause like <laughs> you have to be crazy to do shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like completely shit the bed and then just click on and just go. Yeah. Bonkers. Just like all of a sudden, let's just finish second on the PGA tour. I know it was a weak ass yeah. field. It was in Bermuda, whatever. But it's like you said earlier, you still got to compete. Like yeah. when you or I compete against the guys of our same handicaps, it's still tough as hell for four straight. That's why I tell so many guys and they have a good round in a tournament at our club. I say, go play in a two day, two day tournament and tell me how you do. Now think about the guys <laughs> that play in four day tournaments. It's ridiculous to play good golf for four straight days. It is, yeah. It's I'm so always, hard to do. Especially in two-day tournaments, I'm always really good on Saturday, and then once the pressure's on on Sunday. Uh-huh. And you just completely crap the bed. Sh- it's yeah. so, it's unbelievable. The, the funny thing is, though, like Danny Lee actually has pretty decent course history here. 27th, mm, 2nd, 25th, WD, which is just classic. Danny Lee, just WD from everything. Third, miscut WD. I mean, he's WD from this tournament twice. But anyway, I think he's okay at 69. I think... Another dude, um, mission of course history guys down here, Tom Hogue, he finished uh, third here last year, uh, is coming off a 17th place finish at the Zozo, Zozo, 32nd CJ, 14th Shriners, playing pretty decent golf there for a $6,900 guy there. Chris Kirk at 67, um, has never missed a cut here in four straight years. Well, four consecutive starts for him. He didn't play in 2017, but anyways, 46, 33rd, 48th uh, the last three years and hasn't missed a cut himself since the 3M Open back at the end of July. Whaley at 6,700. He finished 23rd here last year. Played pretty well last week. Uh, finished 7th. Bryce Garnett at 6,500. 
I mean, this course history is to me. He is loves like just, playing here. You're just cashing checks over here all the time at Mayakoba. Thirty mm-hmm. second, eleventh, fifth, twenty fifth, seventh, sixth. Yeah, I mean, like you said at the beginning of the show, this is like the the strongest this field has ever been. So, I mean, it's not usually this strong, but still, you know, if, go make us a cut at sixty five hundred. Either way, his course his his current form sucks. Sixty five hundred. Uh, also, Martin Laird coming off a eleventh place finish at the Shriners. Course history is mixed. Uh, Tyler Duncan, another guy, four straight made cuts at this tournament, uh, coming off a 14th place finish uh, his last time out, and that's it, man. Uh, there's some guys down here that I, a lot. I, I'm willing to play. There's some names, mm-hmm. but also some good course history guys. Um, so it might be a, like a stars and scrubs type of week. That's what I'm looking at. Like I mentioned, the chunk of guys I had in that 7 to 74, we're looking at 6K and below. I have another good chunk, like top 30 rankings. So Stars and Scrubs is going to come out a lot for me this week. I can already tell big time. Like Danny Lee, 7th in my model. 2nd in DK scoring, 1st in birdie or better, but he's 16th in par 5s. Uh, he's 51st in fairways, which is like better than half the field. Um, he checks the box. Guido. Guido had a bad Sunday, I think it was, or Saturday or Sunday. Otherwise, he was containing. He's ninth in my model. And his, his, he's like top 30 to 40 in every category I'm looking at. So he's a very consistent player. Uh, you mentioned Tom Hogue. He's 26 in my model. I, I don't mind him. He's always a boomer bust. But if you're playing these guys, they're tournament plays anyways. So I like it a lot. Um, I saved some tweets because I knew we'd be talking Troy Merritt because of that history. And um, so he's 14th in my model. And outside of his around the green game, he's playing well. He's 14th in fairways gain, 19th in par four in this field. But let me give you some more nuggets here. Um Oh, no, that's, that, that's Merritt. When we get to Bryce Garnett, I got Bryce Garnett for you. I got some him. Uh, Keith Mitchell, 19th in my model. He's second off the tee, second in par five scoring. He's a 12th in birdie or better. So he's interesting as well. You got um, Ryan Moore's there. Ches Reeves there at uh, 66. But Reeves, I never get right, but he's played very, very well at this golf tournament. And he's first in fairway gains over the last 24 rounds. So he's a guy, if you want to keep it out of the, the, the nasty stuff, he's in play for you. You got Sam Ryder. Um, he's 17th in my model. Fifth and birdie or better, seventh in the par four scoring, 14th in DK points. So he's another guy that can look pretty good for you. All right. Yes, Bryce Garnett's numbers look horrible in this field. He's third in fairways gain, though, in this field. And that could be a big thing. He's 17th and off the tee. Everything else is, is, is horrible. But you mentioned the past history. So Bryce Garnett's ranks at the Mayakoba since 2015. He's first in the anybody that's ever played there and scores to par. He's tied for first in rounds in the 60s. He's tied for first in rounds of 67 or lower. So this doesn't matter the strength of the field now. It's just his scoring. Yeah, it's just him playing, yeah. This is, he's fourth in scoring average, and he's sixth in birdie or better per round. <laughs> he loves this place. Yeah. Oh, and it's among all golfers, it'll play at least 12 rounds. <laughs> so he freaking scores. And here's another one. If you just look at best cumulative scores at the Mayakoba over the last three years, Horschel's minus 43, Abe Answers minus 41, Bryce Garnett's minus 40. So the boy's balling out, and um, there's more and more stats. Those are from Justin Ray, by the way. He's got all that stuff for you. But um, his number, he's coming in horrible form, as Jesse mentioned, horrible form. But if any, if you ever want to play a course history narrative, he could be your guy. So yeah. we'll see. Um, T-Dunks, you mentioned him. He's played great here. He's 22nd in my model, second in par four scoring. So he's another guy I can look at. Then there's just a couple more. Hudson Swafford is always a guy we like to talk about in these kind of events. He's 18th. Um, Adam Svensson had another great week last week. He's always cheap. He seems to pop up in one of our conversations every time. He's 21st is in my model, so he'll be another guy I look at. And I 
think that'll wrap it up for me down here. But that's 6,300 bucks. Like, we got guys we can play. Like, heck, Zach Johnson's down here. Hank Labiota's at Kramer Hickcock's been playing well. Like, there's guys down here just don't rank out as well. But there's there's names down here, as you mentioned, that could – they wouldn't surprise me if we see them creeping around at some point in time this weekend. So, be quite, quite interesting. All right. Let's recap things real quick. Jesse, 10K and above, who you got? I'm going to say JT. Yeah, he's the man. I'm going to go Abe answer. I'm going to stick to my dog that uh, loves playing this golf course. Um, 9K range, who you got? be a little different. I'm going to go Gooch. I like the Gooch call. I'm going to go Aaron Wise. Give me some Aaron Wise. 8K range, who you got? Uh, I'll say Mito. Yeah, I'm going to go Mito as well. He's first. I can't not take the guy that's first in my model. So, yeah, I'll go Mito as well. I guess if you have Mito, I'll, I'll take my second guy. I'll take uh, Fitzpatrick. So, uh, 75 to 79, who you like? I'm going to say Woodland. I like that. I'm going to go Seamus Powers. Uh, 7K to 7,400. Pendrith. There's a lot down here I like. I'm going to go with uh, Henrik Norlander in this one. And then 6K gives a couple since we named off a million of them. Yeah, I'll say Hogue and, uh, and then Bryce Garnett. I'm going to go with um, – I'll go with the low one first. Give me some uh, – this is interesting. Some good ones. I'm going to go with um, – well, I'll go Danny Lee, which we talked about. I think I'm going I'm to ride that hot stick while we can. And I guess I'll go Guido. I'll take those two, but there's guys down lower if you need to get down there. All right, if you're starting out a cash game this week, Jesse, who are you starting out with? Man, I'm just like so bad at cash. Just go ahead and throw that disclaimer out there. But I'd throw Gooch on there with uh, with Mito and Pendrith. Yeah, I'd go uh, Mito, give me uh, Grio. And Grio, yeah, Grio and Neiman are probably the two really you follow the chalk, basically. Yeah, yeah, but I go Mito, Grio, and Poulter. Those would be the guys I'd roll out there to start out a cash lineup, and you can go all kinds of different directions there. Uh, if you're talking GPP though, where are you starting out? I'm gonna go Woodland, we're gonna go Garnett down at the bottom there, and then all the way at the top to JT. Yeah, that Garnett one's gonna be really interesting with kids, like, totally have to like contradict the trust the model thing like mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be really really fun but i'm gonna go aim answer i'm gonna go aaron wise and i'm gonna go with uh mito Pereira, and then just kind of you could still do a lot lot with that you didn't like break the bank but i think i'm gonna have some more stars and scrubs i'm looking forward to seeing what the lineup optimizer spits out here uh towards the end of the week all right dk sportsbook to talk some uh winners and maybe some other bets we have that we're back to at least they have top 40 bets this week they didn't have those last week but um, who are you liking to win this thing? Because uh, JT is plus eleven hundred. Let's let's start with let's go ahead and find Bryce Garnett. He's uh, yeah. You know I'm gonna do one hundred and forty. Yeah, one hundred and forty to one. But you get him like top um, top forty at plus one seventy. Yeah, and top ten is you know plus one ten. It's plus four fifty for top twenty. That's not a bad bet. <laughs> That's not a bad bet. Yeah. You can get Grio at plus two thirty for top twenty. I mean, so yeah, I mean th- those aren't those. I don't think those are terrible. But as far as win bets go, um, just a little bit of value that I saw here. I mean, like Zalatoris at forty five. Uh, you know, you can look at somebody like Mito six sixty one. Yeah, I just don't know that he's going to win in this type of field. I feel like it's going to be like an opposite field event the first time. Very he possible. Wins. Very possible. Some of these deep odds I don't really like as far as like win uh, equity, but like Brooks at 25, we didn't even talk about Brooks. Yeah. I mean, he might just. 
give Dude, a your shit boy, and fucking win. Your boy Pendrith's 100 to 1. He was so close. Like, he's got the firepower to compete with anybody. Yeah. If it was going to happen, happen. So, like, I don't, you know, it's going to be another shit field event, probably. I would think, anyways, that's the way that I would lean. I don't know that I'd waste my money on that. But, like, as far as him getting the top 40, I don't mind that. Top 20 odds. Um, not terrible either. Yeah. I mean, this is. This is a tough field to cap from like a win perspective. I'm not seeing a whole heck of a lot. Matt Wolf at 40 is not terrible uh, value on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it's like there's so many bigger names here. So it kind of makes it harder for the big dogs or the, the, the lower guys to, to come through. But right. you never know. You never know. It's it'd very be, top heavy as far as these odds go. Cause I mean, like, I don't really want to but bet Justin Thomas at eleven to one, but Brooks at twenty five, Finau at twenty, not terrible. You know, it's I mean? like the old the old joke, like once like Rory or Brooks or those guys get to a certain number, you just bet them. Yeah, um, like usually it's past twenty. Most of the quote unquote experts will say so. Brooks at twenty five does have some legs. I mean, in this sure. in this field, it's not like a super super strong field. I mean, obviously JT's there, but I well, mean him great. being longer odds than Answer and Hovland and Finau to me is. Look at Tringali's twenty eight compared to Brooks's twenty five. That's nuts, right? Yeah, I mean Tringali's way over. I mean, way <laughs> he's playing way, good golf, like, but come on, people. <laughs> well, I mean, the the thing about his odds are like you can get him at a much better price on DraftKings, so that's where yeah. I'd rather play him than better. Sure. Well, like uh, if you believe in the changes, uh, Pat Reed has made thirty five is pretty good. Yeah, thirty five is not terrible. I mean, if you look at you know his him finishing second last week, and yep. you know he's a he's a I would take him. Most of the time, like if we look at it like a five-year period, you know, over Hat and Gooch, Wise, mm-hmm. Lowry, Horschel, Tringale, Scheffler. So, you know, so yeah, it'll be interesting. That. It's just definitely there's some good top twenty, top forty type bets here, and then maybe something, maybe after round one, see where the the dust settles, and you might get some better odds on some guys too because of the the waves and whatnot. So that could be fun as well. But uh, that'll wrap us up for the Mayakoba week. We have a few more weeks before the uh, winter break, which most of us are probably looking forward to. But um, check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods, the podcast at Always Press DFS. I'm at BDN Trick. We will catch you guys next time. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.